So, hey, Laquisha Ewing, my Hi. favorite girl all the way out there in Tennessee. How, how are you? How are I'm you? I'm fantabulistic now that I see you. You look amazing. You have an amazing story to share. And so, you know, tell, tell our audience uh, here at Married to the Ring who you are. I know some people really know who you are because you have a good relationship with us. But just give us, give, give, give our new participants uh, an intro. Sure. So I'm LaQuisha Ewing. I'm the CEO and founder of Unlearn Everything and Live LLC, which is a consulting firm uh, that focuses on strategy, leadership development, um, racial equity specifically. Um, and uh, so I I got into this work um, because I care about people. So I focus on the human-centered aspect of all of those things. So not just the 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 theories or um, but but the application of what that looks like within, within organizations, governmental, faith-based, nonprofit, uh, you name it. I've worked with major 500, uh, Fortune 500 companies or smaller neighborhood groups or churches, right? So um, unlearn everything and live. We believe that the 21st century illiterate won't be those who can't read or write, but those who have the inability to learn, unlearn, and relearn. Um, and so we're actually ushering people into that to be able to, to see where they can help make um, their business or their organizations even better um, and redefining success for themselves. So Wow, I love the that's word. That's what I do. I love the word when you say redefining success, you know, redefining yeah. success. What does redefining success look like to you, especially given your background, right? As a child, yeah. your father, share that. I want them to know who you are so we can kind of warm up to you. Yeah, so, so you know, um, the other thing that I didn't uh, speak of it personally is, so I am married. Uh, I'm actually gearing up for my 15th wedding anniversary. Um, I'm 15 years married in January. Uh, we'll be together 26 years. So I kind of look back over that time, like, oh my goodness, like I was 19 uh, when I met my husband, I'm 44 now. And so uh, I tell people that um, this year he will have been in my life longer than he hasn't been in my life, right? Um, because I've known him over half my life and been married wow. half my life, um, or or at least in relationship, um, because 26 years um, is a lot, a long time. And so um, I, I've been reflecting a lot about our relationship and how we got to to where we are. And much of the growth that was needed for myself personally, but definitely um, to be able to become a wife and a, a you know a um, a good wife for my husband was to kind of trudge through um, what I call daddy issues, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I have a book that I wrote about all of that. Uh, my bi biological father. Uh, my book is called uh, "While They Sat by the Window: uh, mm. Unlearning the Effect of Broken Father-Child Relationships." And so, in that, what I had to learn was that the fact that I I didn't grow up with my father, even though I grew up with a father, um, mm -hmm. I didn't grow up with my biological father. Mm -hmm. That I had to learn how to very early how to adjust and how to redefine certain things in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so, over time, what I ended up creating was a method. So unlearn um, for those who come through my program um, on a relational side, unlearn is actually an acronym. Um, and so I give people the steps of how to unlearn in that acronym. Um, and, you know, one, one of the things that I often tell folks is that you have to be able to identify 
the thing um, and unlearn the myth. Yes. Or let go of some of the other things that you have deemed facts about a particular thing. So one of the things I often hear, Tanya, is when people are talking about like relationships, if women are talking about men, I'll hear things like, so, you know, all men are dogs. And I'm like, uh, okay. So let's see, let's get to the root of that thing, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing I asked them, I was like, do you know all men? That's the first. I was like, well, of course ah. I don't know all men. Okay. I said, so. So that 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 statement right there is like okay so we're going to take off all cuz you don't know all men. I said but you're you're basing this on something. So well I'm talking about all the men that I date. I said okay. So all the men that you've dated um no she said all the men that I know. She said based on all the men I know. And I said okay. So all the men you know are dogs. I'm like so did you grow up with your dad in the home? Well uh no but my my uncle my pawpaw you know, they were good dudes. They took, they step up for me. They did this. I said, oh, okay. So uncle and papa are good dudes. Right. Yeah. I said, so not all the men that you know are dogs. Just say okay, that. Okay. So let's, let's, right. And so we peel, we keep peeling the light. This is just the first principle, right? We're, we're trying to right. get you to understand why you believe what you believe. And so we end up in a place where they'll say things like, okay, the dudes that I date. Okay, so the men that you date. Okay, well, where did you meet these guys? And then they'll they'll say, you know, at, at church or at the club or wherever. I said, oh, so basically the statement is all the men that you've dated that you met at church or at the club Our have, dogs. have out, well, have, have, have revealed to you that they're dogs. Right. And then I'll ask questions about how that person is it, you know, did they have children or do right. they have a mom? Well, they right. were mama's boys. I said, oh, so they're really not dogs all the way around. They actually are. Oh, so basically the statement is all the guys that I've dated in the last three to five years that I met at the club or at church who had these qualities, these tendencies, and I showed up in a relationship this way have turned out to be dogs. And we start right there because we got to start uh, with facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start with facts. People tend to see whatever the story is that they believe, the story that they've been telling themselves. That's what Brene call it. Like, what's the mm -hmm. Brene Brown often says? What's the story you're telling yourself? Mm -hmm. You're telling yourself a story that's based in a fit, uh, in a in a in a myth, in a fable. It's your version of the truth, and it doesn't make it factual. And it doesn't make it factual. You know, what I love about what you're doing, Lucia, uh, with communities is you're changing perspective. Yeah. And you're changing their perspective of what they perceive is true that is not true, right? right. Um, and, and, and basically, it's just mind mastery. Like, let's undo what you've learned yes. because of one toxic experience or let's find out why you keep attracting what is toxic but you have to be able to admit it right so that's the that's the other thing most people dive into the solutions in um and what i often tell people is that so if i have two broken knees and two broken two broken ankles mm -hmm. and you offer me uh, popsicles mm -hmm. well it's a refreshing treat but it is yes. not a solution to the problem that I have, because once exactly. I'm taking partaking of that, right, I'm still sitting there in the state that I'm in. Most, most people are trying to generate solutions 
for a problem that they have improperly diagnosed. Your problem and, is wait, not. Wait, wait, wait. That's a that's a that's a uh, mic drop uh, right there. Improperly diagnosed. <laughs> improperly improperly diagnosed. diagnosed. Yes. So you're improperly diagnosing what you think is the issue. You may think the issue is um, you have horrible money management. Mm -hmm. Well, that might be what you think the issue is. But if you keep digging, what you're going to find is, why do you shop so much? Well, I shop so much because I like nice things. Well, why do you like nice things? Not just, just quality. I like stuff. I like name brands. I got to have mm -hmm. everything I have has to be plastered in a brand of some sort. Why do you need that? Well, if, if you grew up in poverty, I can tell you why you need that. I can explain to you why you need that because you're trying to relive a lifetime that you did not have what you think you deserved. And so exactly. you thought as a child, I deserved these neighborhoods. I deserved to be seen. And, and you have defined those brands as value. People mm -hmm. will think that I am X, Y, Z. If, if I wear I am, these uh, brands, donning these, right? My gosh. So it's a it's a mindset. You may not have even grown up in poverty. You actually may have a poverty mindset, but you grew up middle class or maybe even wealthy. But you're mm -hmm. trying to prove to other people your valuation based on an external thing, like a the the car you drive, the neighborhood you live in, the clothes mm -hmm. you wear. When you are comfortable in your skin, when you have effectively unlearned all of those bad habits, all mm -hmm. of those those toxic thoughts that have taken root, and the thing about something that takes root, it grows up and it branches out, and so mm -hmm. it touches every aspect of your life. When you mm -hmm. have an unlearned, when you have a, a learned behavior, a toxic learned behavior, mm -hmm. what you will find is that it. That's what I found when it came mm -hmm. to marriage. That I mm -hmm. had this toxic core about what mm -hmm. I thought about men because mm -hmm. of the relationship or the broken relationship with your daddy. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I love what you do, and I've always expressed that. I'm looking at probably our anniversary date is almost like when I talk about you and I, our anniversary date, uh, married to the ring wasn't birth until uh 17, 2017, which was February and legally established in May. However, we met at a conference a year prior. So 2016, and now we're in 2000, we're moving to 2024 in another, in another day, you know, less than 48 hours. And so that's a seven year relationship, right? Yeah. Yo, we got work to do. We got work. You know, we, we got to work that, to we do. To new beginning. Yeah, 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 we got work to do. And I don't know if you remember this, like I know for the audience that's that's just listening to this, LaQuisha was also a part of Married to the Ring Volume 1 book. Interestingly enough, um, I, I pulled the book out because one of the pieces that I really loved about how she challenged the reader, she challenged the readers on the topic about the daddy issue, your dad, your father, your daddy is not, you know, your husband is not your daddy. I'll put it that way, exact, her exact words. Your husband is not your daddy. Your daddy issues are real. Acknowledge them. Your bag is not big enough to carry the blame. But she doesn't, I mean, just looking at the pages of the book, she's <laughs> round eight. She's round eight, you know? And so it's just, it's absolutely phenomenal. And so I know, you know, 26 years, 19 years old, yeah. traditional marriage, yeah. you know, 
uh, you don't hear about that. 44, still with the same man who has raised yep. her siblings as their own children, right? Um, and what I mean by that is her brothers, you know? Yeah. As, by as the biological as, father, by the father that didn't raise me. Like, listen, so you know, so this, That's she God's talks about that. There. Yeah. Exactly. She talks about that. And they're soaring. I know the last time at college and all of this. Yeah, so Emerson has graduated. He's he's actually graduated. Um, he graduated last spring. And uh and is working for uh he's twenty-two. Frederick is twenty-five. He actually is a father himself. Um and yes. working and so now you're kids. the aunt nanny, grandma. You you all of it. Them babies. Ah, no, I'm just auntie. I'm just still the auntie. Like I, auntie. my role my roles were very defined with my brothers. I tell people I did not we did not adopt them. Um, because to adopt a child is to like they would have become Ewings. Um, we already have a relationship. And so the worst thing you can do is create the toxicity and understanding who you are to a person. I never wanted them to think that I was trying to replace their mother because I wasn't. I'm your sister who loves you, who's giving you the care that you need in the absence of your mother, you know, your mother being alive and, and, and our father uh, being well, you know, because he's addicted to alcohol and drugs. And so we, I'm stepping in to care for you, but I need you to understand that I'm caring for you as your sister. I'm not caring for you as your mom because I'm not your mom. I'm your sister. Right, and I right. need you to understand that people can care for you and love you in the roles that they're in. You, they, they don't have to, I didn't have to redefine myself to love you. And that's the thing. There's a lot of people that are trying to become um, these main characters in people's story when they really are extras. Like you, you are a background player in this person's story. Like I am not a pro I could never replace their mother. And I shouldn't ever try. All no, I needed we, to do was show them love in the role that I had, which is their sister. And I still have that. You know, that right there is a whole series all by <laughs> itself. Seriously, right? Uh, making sure that individuals function in the right role and then communicate the role that they're functioning in to the loved ones so that it doesn't create generational issues or confusions, yeah. because we have to be perfectly honest, especially in the um, African-American community, you know, back in the day, you would have an individual, you'd be like, that's Uncle Joe, but that really wasn't Uncle Joe. That was your mother's boyfriend that she didn't want you to know that she was sleeping with or right. et cetera. And so then you have this generation growing up, that's uncle, but then it's confusing. That's not uncle. That was just someone my mother messed with Correct. and you're thinking and now they're, they're, and now now they're gone exactly. right and now they're gone so so we end up taking what it is is that we passed on trauma as tradition so what happens is if that's what everybody does right if everybody says so and so is uncle or you know auntie so then then you grow up with the understanding i remember i remember let me let me let me pause here i remember when my brothers were younger because they nobody in their life, all of their older siblings, their mom, like their aunt that they knew, um, nobody in their life um, was married. So if you could just fathom a life and understanding where marriage is not even a conversation. So they understood boyfriend, girlfriend. And they understood baby daddy, baby mama. I'm just going to be real, right? Right. But they didn't understand marriage, which meant 
that Julian and I unknowingly, unknowingly became the bedrock definition of what marriage was going to be in their mind. So we had to do it very, very strategically because we had to un un help them unlearn the relationship between a man and a woman. So just because we are angry, just because we disagree, we don't yell, we don't disrespect. Julian's never laid his hand on me. He didn't curse me out. Like you can have all of these things. You can have all of the disagreement and, and the anger or whatever, but you don't treat people that you love and that you're married to and that you're in relationship, God ordained communion and fellowship with this way. And so we had to explain to them the difference between a marriage and its covenant and a baby daddy and its situationship. <laughs> you know, you said a whole mouthful and I, and I love the way <laughs> that we are positioning this because we, we, we go back and we talk about really what you do today is as a direct result of, of you learning how to unravel the problematic state of what your relationship was non-traditionally yes. from how your childhood, right? From my childhood, yeah. And, you know, ironically, this is not uncommon. Right. This, what you're doing or what you've That's lived right. is not uncommon, but what you're doing is uncommon because you're unraveling what is not common, right? And so the odds, like you're the minority and the minority that want to confront and address and say, we're going to break the cycle here. But you have a large majority that's like, I don't want to, because I want you to hush that. I want you to put it underneath the boat. And I'm going to talk about this in the upcoming weeks with Married to the Ring, because I just experienced something that just, woo, just really um, blew my mind. And I think I talked about it um, 10 years about when Married to the Ring first birth, how I had a relationship with my son's father, but I was in college. And while I was in college, I didn't know that he was married. I didn't know he was married, right? Um, I was at one of uh, a friend's house. And after I had been dating for a period of time, and I see these children running down the street, and I was like, they're like, daddy, and I'm looking down the other way, like, who are they talking to? And they land in his lap, right, Laquisha? And I'm like, what is this? But no one ever told me he was married. So I conceive a son, right? And I didn't know that he was married until my son was 18. Now, interestingly enough, you know, we're going to talk about this in that next series at the end of the month. I didn't know. So here it is. I'm an innocent bystander. But he had been separated from his wife. And I really didn't even know, still thinking, you know, he doesn't have a relationship. He's divorced because she's pregnant the same time that I am. But she's pregnant by another wow. man. So I don't know. But interestingly enough, fast forward, when I learn about this, I learn about it when I'm a Christian. Like, oh, my God, I committed adultery. I don't even know. Like, yo, you know, I committed an adultery, right? And you know, unfortunately, he just passed before finalizing his will. Separated from a woman of 32 years. And it was a nightmare. You understand what I'm saying? Because we had 30 year, a 30-year relationship. 
my son called her aunt, you know, because I we we allowed the children to grow together. I called her aunt, but now she wants to be mommy, you know, but she didn't have a relationship in marriage. So you kind of see, and I'm going to talk on that. We're going to, because I'm going to help those individuals understand the importance of making sure that you do a fact check on the single guy that you're dating to make sure that he is not married. You know, he's truly divorced, you know, so that it doesn't, it, it restricts others from being directly impacted at the latter years of their life. And so it wasn't a pleasant situation, but, you know, you are doing what's right. And that leads me into the discussion of why we're here today. And that is really on marriages, right? Um, if you can face it, you can what? 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 What did I say? If you can face it, you can beat it. Is that what we said? Oh, I Sorry. missed it. Hold on. Did I, was I, was I, did I pause? If you can face it, you can fix it. Yes. If you can face it, you can fix it. Uh, and, and I gave you the call and I said, LaQuisha, I need you. I need you to talk through this because, you know, we're approaching, you're approaching your 15 year anniversary on January 10th. So I want to say yes. And I'm approaching okay. my 11 year anniversary on January the 17th. Right. We you have oh, wow. a tradition. You have a traditional marriage. Right. I have a non-traditional marriage because I have a blended family. But you come from a non-traditional entry into this world. Right. You didn't come from yes. a traditional path. Right. You didn't right. come from a traditional path. So you had to unravel. You actually took the lessons learned from your past childhood in a blended situation and said, this is what I'm going to do as an adult, you know, and make all of the changes to break this specific cycle. And so I applaud you for that. But what do we do about the situations? And that's why we're here today, you know, about those individuals who have blended marriages right now. It's the first of the year. By the time everyone will see this interview, it's the first of the year. I know we are really, you know, pushing on marriages coming back to the forefront of the globe. We've been talking about this for some time. It, it isn't anything new. But, you know, the truth of the matter is there are marriages, a large percent of marriages right now in the United States of America that are struggling and are, are on the verge of separation. And on the verge of divorce or on the verge of, you know, moving out of their residence and trying to, what, unlearn their marriage in order to relearn how to live single again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so that's the clarion call of the individuals that we are actually targeting today in this podcast. But we needed to let you know you know, a little bit of background because we are not inexperienced individuals coming to the table. What we're saying is that we want to be transparent with our current states. We're also relatable. You may see us doing things well now, but it took work for us to get to where we are. And so that's why we're saying marriages, if you can face it, you can face it. And so I wanted to share a little bit of the journey um, 
and why Laquisha was so relatable to me specifically during that period of my life. Uh, and we laughed about it um, because ideally separation is not fun. You know, um, it is very uh, toxic. It's very weighty for a couple who cannot um, communicate effectively or they're at wit's end and they just really feel like they've exhausted all of their means, right? Um, yes. Right, LaQuisha? And, and we see this a lot in, in, in the body of Christ, right? We see leaders at very high-level positions that are living separate lives. Uh, I was one at one time, right? Living separate lives, living in two separate residencies, uh, doing different things and taking a different path. But, but let's talk about that, LaQuisha. You know, how do we want to spin the direction of, you know, just letting people understand first, you know, trauma is real, right? Tra so, trauma, trauma is very real. Um, and the thing about trauma is that we've been taught that it looks a certain way. Um, and so people will, will enter into marriage or into a relationship um, with, with other individuals thinking that what they're seeing, how they are, they'll say things like, this is just how I am. Or that's just me, right? Um, all of those types of phrases then allows you to put on a blinder to the behavior that you now exhibit as a result. Um, that's a trauma response. Literally, it's a trauma response. And so we're going into relationships thinking that this is this is my preset definition. I remember, um, and some of the trauma comes from church. Like I remember being taught for years of what a wife is. And what a husband mm -hmm. is. And so mm -hmm. there was a checklist, right? There ended up mm -hmm. being this checklist in my mm -hmm. head mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I thought this is what it should look like. And this mm -hmm. is what I should be doing, right? Um, I, I would often brag about, you know, I'm like, I'm Proverbs 31. Like, I know, like, you should know that you're getting a good thing. Well, here's the thing. It's great. It's great for you to, you know, kind of use biblical scripture, uh, scriptures or stories or principles to, you know, base your characterization. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But this is what I had to learn. No one. So Proverbs 31 is like the instructions on the back of a cake box. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So no, so so no one has ever been Julian's wife. Exactly. So what, what makes that cake that I'm gonna make, that 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 Duncan Hine, what's what makes that cake that that you read the back of the box and you make different than say your granny or your 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 best auntie's pound cake? Like, like what make it's all it's something different. They put something in it that makes that cake because 50 people can make a pound cake and none of them taste the same, right? Nope. Because there's some ingredient, right? So Proverbs 31 is just the basic instruction, eggs, milk, flour, like the basic things you need. That's it. That's all mm -hmm. Proverbs 31 is. Mm -hmm. I have some other ingredients that makes mm -hmm. me Julian's wife. And the mm -hmm. only person who can give me those ingredients are God. That I mean, or is God, I'm sorry. So the thing about that being, that, so I have to go to God mm -hmm. and I have to know that this is the thing that, that I'm missing. Well, here's the deal. God's not going to reveal a mm -hmm. whole a whole strategy mm -mm. at the time that I'm broken and I can't digest mm -mm. it. Because mm -mm. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to be the best version of a wife for him. He said, no, I need you to figure out how to be the best woman for me. Exactly. So let's take you, let me take you back. 
to your, your genesis and show you where you need to heal. Because mm -hmm. and heal in, 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 in multiple senses. So heal mm -hmm. as in a wound, a mm -hmm. wound, right? Mm -hmm. That needs to be healed. But also mm -hmm. <clears throat> think about when, when you're talking to an animal, <laughs> you're talking to a dog mm -hmm. and the dog mm -hmm. is doing something. Mm -hmm. and, and you say heal that means I need you to stop I need mm -hmm. you to hear the word of the person who is your leader who is your owner who heal stop quit moving stop doing what you're doing so I had to heal and heal stop mm -hmm. at the same time stop mm -hmm. and get better because you're going to ruin the thing that I blessed you with you know yeah. heal heal Stop and get better. You know, um, I know early on, Married to the Ring, we have a program that we created back in 2019 called Destiny Win for Wives. And that program was how to transform you and your marriage, not transform him. And a lot of people look at that. So, you know, if you're on the verge, someone's exiting out of the relationship or no longer wants to tolerate the question that you have to ask yourself, you know, based upon what you just said, because it starts with God first. You, no one can change right. anybody. God right. created you. And I'm going to say it just like my mentor, Dr. Trim, tells me. God created you. What's wrong with God? And, and the response right. is nothing. God created you in his image and likeness. So if he created you in his image and likeness, What's wrong with you? Nothing. Yep. And so it's like nothing's wrong. However, along your journey, there was some things that you inherited, I like to say. Like, you know, there were some things you acquired. There were some practices um, along your journey and, and that, that were not like God, you know? And so you have to go back to the one who created you and say, okay, let me understand how to align myself with you so that I then know how to deal with this marriage. Because the only person, they can clone whatever they want to clone in the universe, but they can't clone man and they can't clone marriage. Marriage is the highest institution. Right. It's one that you know they try they have they're trying to violate it with different rules and regulations but the bottom line is this is uniquely created and divined by God as the highest institution and so to your point he's calling individuals in the marriage if they're separated right now so to you out there that if you are separated and in a different household focus on you if you are still in the household and it's still not working, focus on you. Not from a selfish perspective, but focus on what it is deep down on the inside of you that's creating a perpetual pattern of certain instances that you need to change. Now, fast forward, because I know I can't, we can't drop all of the nuggets here. Some of it may not be you. And you have to understand and have concrete boundaries to say, nah, that's their trauma. You know, that isn't my trauma. But I'll ask the Holy Spirit and I'll acquire tools 
on how to help that individual cope with their trauma. You understand what I'm saying? But you don't take on the trauma because you are not their savior. You are not the person to fix them. They are responsible just like you are as an individual. You are responsible to become intentional about a a game plan that transforms you to become a better you in that relationship. Correct, LaQuisha? Yep. And that's all you can... That's all you can actually... It, whether you're married or not, that's all, that's the only thing that you can actually control is your relationship with the father. You can't even control the father's relationship with you. Exactly. I want people to think about that. There is nothing that I can do that made God love me. There's not. There's nothing that I can do. So if I use that relationship as my blueprint, then what I know is all I can control is how I'm receiving that love. How. I'm rejecting that love, how I'm altering that love. What is it that I'm I'm very focused, very focused on how I'm showing up in the relationship. Focused. And so that focused and intentional. Sorry, focused and intentional. Focus is very intentional. Yes. But you have to be intentional to be focused. To be well, that's not true because you people focus on stuff. Um, but but focused and intentional relationship building looks like within an organization or a marriage it looks like first doing an assessment yeah let me see where i am most people again they don't know where they are you don't even know where you are you don't even know that that you're trauma bonding with somebody that there's a person who's just as broken as you and the thing that y'all have in common is your brokenness and you're clinging on to each other for livelihood Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. And and so what what tends to happen in those relationships is that neither one of you are getting better because you're holding on to the hurt. That's what keeps y'all in. And there are people even in friendships that are the same. They trauma bond with their friends. Like every negative thing that happens, you have a group of people that you are consistently building relationship with and building community with that are toxic and going through this cycle. Y'all are just going around every year in this same cycle. And so again, until you get focused and intentional on who you are and the healing that is going to be required, Mm -hmm. you're going to keep producing at the level that you're producing, Mm -hmm. be it good or bad. Mm Because people don't understand, you can avail in your toxicity. You are now level seven toxic. You started level one, but now that little imp has now become a minion. And now that minion has become a demon. And now that yep. demon went and got friends, and now you got a cruel strongholds. You got a cruel strongholds, and you <laughs> broke that thing down, and you are telling the truth, and they think it's right, you know, and they think it's right. And so, but the word tells the light, you, honey, there, there is a way that appear, appears right to be right. To right. Yep, yep. Appears to be right. That's and that's the thing when it when when something looks right to me, that's when I go into prayer. I go when it like I'm like this. This seems like the this the move. This the business. This I'm, I'm gonna go into prayer because if God doesn't co-sign that thing, we don't do it. I don't. I can't don't even do it. when it looks good. It, I listen, it. I tell people that all the time. You know, you know, as business owners, as individuals, both of us being married, um, you know, the wife has this discernment. Like God has given us this discernment that I just can't explain it. Like 
you know, I, I oftentimes see people say, we don't want them both in the same room. You know, sometimes they're like, because if both of them show up in the same room, you know, it, it, it's, it's all it wrote. So what they try to do is they try to keep them separated as best as possible, you know, especially if it's a toxic relationship that they're trying to draw them from. They try to keep the two separated because they know that the one out of the two, when two of them are together, they're going to be able to see clear vision. They're going to be able to see clear motives. They're going to be able to see clear intent. Did you see what I just saw? Or maybe you didn't, but it is the responsibility of the marital party to receive the instructions or the guidance or the discernment that's happening. And, and the reason why some people are split today or are living in separated households is because they are receiving um, ungodly counsel from individuals yeah that are creating infection in their marriage, right? Um, because ideally, if a couple can come together, fast, pray, there's no hidden motive. God can destroy, or rather, through fasting, it reveals what the problem is, and he will give you a solution, but it also calls you to humble yourself to be able to say that I'm willing to surrender to the part of the trauma that does not belong to me or should have never arrived in my life. Because people don't understand that trauma is any life event. Any altering life event, that could be having a baby, that could be death, that could be a job change, loss of job, financial reduction, that could be a, a house move, but people have restricted trauma to just sexual abuse, molestation, and, you know, those things. No, trauma is anything that is life-altering for an individual, and it could be positive or negative, right, at any time. Correct, Laquisha? Correct. Yeah. So the, you know, that, that's the other thing about, um, how trauma shows up for us. Like in relationship, we all have to admit that, um, there's a part of us that needs to get better. I'm saying even the, even the healthiest relationship, there's a part of you that has to get better. Part of a part of my story. And you know, this is, you know, the last four and a half years has been grief stricken. I mean, when COVID hit, you know, I had over 60 plus people that were in my life prior to COVID that are no longer here, um, you know, including my pastor, my first wife, my best friend, my father, my mother-in-law. Like I can go on, uncles, like lost very, very close relationships. Um, and it's hard to navigate. It's hard to navigate. I could not foresee that, right? We talked about that earlier. Like I couldn't, I couldn't foresee this happening in my life, but at the same time, my husband didn't know it either, right? And so he has to, show up in a different way in my life. And I had to show up in a different way in his life. Um, and we haven't always gotten it right, right? We haven't always, like, there are things that even to this day that I know that he needs from me, um, and I'm still trying to become the better version of myself that can that can produce that for him, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is not a complete work. Like, there's not a summit that you're going to get it to the top of and plant your flag. Like, no, you're consistently evolving and trying to become. So that's why your base can't be can't be rooted in something toxic. Because when the wind comes, you have to be able to stand on the thing of God that is true, about your relationship, about your marriage, because the wind is going to come and it, it's going to, you know, and I tell people I've been 
and I'm bit like those last four years, I've been bit, you know, I like, like, you know, I suffered a stroke earlier this year. I'm going into 2024, not looking like what I've been through in 2023 exactly. at all. Exactly. But there's a root there and the root, mm -hmm. the root there mm -hmm. is being able to mm -hmm. say to people mm -hmm. with God, I, without God, I'm sorry, I am nothing. With God, I can do all things. And and I'm okay with not knowing what those things are. Because that's the thing. One. We don't know what those things are. But if I believe the word of God to be true, then I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because he ordered my step and he's telling me that this is a part of your journey. Like I said, there's a place between the prophecy and the promise and it's processing i'm being processed to go through this because what i didn't know was that from when i i was told what my life was going to be prophesied what my life was going to be all i saw was that promise at the end and i didn't know that i was going to be 60 people light that some of the people that that are walking with me now won't be walking with me then but here's the deal god shows me he's like the things that i have given you though the relationships that i've given you Right, that I've given you these mm -hmm. these fellowships and this communion along the way to show you how much I love you, and you have to know that I'm guiding this. That it's not the people, and so He'll remove mm -hmm. people exactly. that we that we made crutches in our life. You know, He'll remove people. Um, you know, people may die, or or people may not die. They may just walk mm -hmm. away, or mm -hmm. God may phase them out of your life because the purpose that He had for mm -hmm. you in their life and the purpose they had for you, you know, in your life has 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 met its end, mm -hmm. and that's why we have to be. I'm I'm so okay, almost mm -hmm. like David. Like I'm so okay with doing whatever God tells me to do and letting go of whatever. That's the thing about unlearning. You have to let you have to be willing to let go. If God tells me to go over here and run lunch to my brothers on the field, I got to run lunch. If he tells me to take a harp and play that play the the devil out of a king, I got to do that. If he tell me to get a rock and kill a giant, I got to do I have to realize that God will use me in different ways in mm -hmm. industry, in marriage, and mm -hmm. and within church bodies like mm -hmm. he will and be pliable enough to say, mm -hmm. I know I did it that way, but God, you are the almighty God. You're the all-knowing God, and you're telling me to do it this way. It's different than what I know. It's different than what I've done. I'm going to unlearn this method and relearn this method and keep it moving. You know, you said a whole lot, and I loved it because of the simple fact that, you know, as the Holy Spirit continues to mature all of us, especially those who are really, really surrendered to his will, to his way, the one standing foundation that has to evolve as you evolve is your marriage. Yes. Period. So, so the marriage will take blows and adjustments all the time, but you can't run out every right. time there is a blow, right? You can't right. run out every time there's a shift. You said something that was extremely, extremely important. You need to, and I'm going to summarize it at a very high level, you need to understand the season and the assignment. The yes. assignment and the season has to match. Yes. You can't be working outside of the wrong season with an assignment that no longer is producing. And so, you know, I say that because in marriage, 
you know, sometimes in relationships and people will split is because one still wants to stay familiar with the old assignment. It's, I mean, that's human nature. You do it's like, fun. this is, yeah, I don't want to go in this stretch. Yes. And God is don't saying, listen, me. yeah, don't, don't. And God is saying, listen, and then what you find is they're, you're unequally yoked because he's saying that if you would just let go, I have so much more. Never put you here to do this period. You know, you they never put you here to stay. And th I believe that has a lot to do with the old uh, teachings of individuals, uh, whereas there was a sense of entitlement when people were under certain leadership of churches or et cetera, and people were frowned upon when it was time for you to leave instead of people being, you know, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say advanced. I want to say the word I would like to use is instead of celebrating the fact that you've actually matured, I made a deposit in your life. And now I want to see you go ahead and bloom and move forward. You know, I talk about this in the, the setback fuel of my faith. The bottom line is people don't want to let go. And so if you're under that umbrella where you're so loyal to people, it's called idolatry over God. You understand what I'm saying? If you're you're more loyal to people than God's obedience, yeah, anything, you got to be anything. careful, yeah. right? Anything. Yeah. And so in marriage, you know, I would want to say, you know, if you listen to what LaQuisha said, LaQuisha talked about how it was important to be focused, be intentional, but I like to take it a step further. You not only need to be focused and intentional, but you need to be able to study the times. You understand that you need to be able to study the seasons. But if you are positioned and you've done a plan, an aggressive plan at an appropriate time, you should be able to say to your spouse, it's time to shift. You understand what I'm saying? Because you understand you're keeping your ear to the father's ear, which both parties should be doing, you know, and you also have a plan in place and you're already shifting because God does not provide revelation for the now. I don't know about anybody else. Like revelation, he's letting you know. And when you show up by application of that revelation, you're like, yo, I'm like five years ahead. This is one of the reasons why I'm married to the ring. You know? was growing so fast at an early pace because all I did was spend time and said, okay, Holy Spirit, we're going to write this out. We're going to get this, you know, done. Remember we were in England and everybody wanted to hang out. And I was like, I got to stay in the room. I got to finish this business plan. And then he turned around and he put his oil over it. He, he, he caused yeah. it to skid through. And now, you know, having to say, okay, no, you don't need a five year. You now need a 20 year plan, you know, learned by, you know, Dr. Trump, you need a 20 year so you can be able to see, but people don't want to discipline themselves long enough in their marriage to stay and sup before the Lord to get instructions of what's ahead. Instead, they want to rely on YouTube. They want to rely on the systems or the world systems. When he's saying, I created every system. If you spend time with me, when you show up to that system, you'll be ahead of time. And so I said all of that to say, when you said all of that, I could resonate with it on so many levels, because I want to say, because that's the audience, right? If you are separated right now, Go back and assess the, the reason why you're separated because it may be something so small. The enemy is so subtle. He he creates division in a subtle way. And it may not be as big as you thought it was, right? It's just that you guys need a formulated plan 
that you have to have an open mind to the revelatory insight of God, right? Um, the right. truth is not the truth unless it is the word of God. You know what I'm right. saying? So how you feel today does not necessarily mean that's what the truth is. It's how you manifest what the truth is supposed to be in your life. And getting to that truth that, is what frustrates people. Right, yeah. for that time period. That's what frustrates people. And, and people have the spirit of regret because they stayed in land. I like to say land, or they stayed in a season too long. And when you stay in a season too long, then people start passing you because guess what? You've now considered that season, I would say, as another form of idolatry because you chose to sit in a season that God is saying, I can't. I got a whole mouthful of people over here that needs to see your marriage but you refuse to make a move because you are comfortable, right? I don't know. I don't, I'm getting all excited because this is just <laughs> passionate about seasons, timing, and revelation. But with that, when you talk about transition to the promise, no one wants to talk about the process of conducting their due diligence to get to the promise, you know? And they don't want to talk about yeah. faith. How you have to apply faith when you don't quite understand and how you have to say no, no to people yes. and loved ones that you never thought that you would have to say no to because God knows that the time that you're allocating is the time he needs you to discipline yourself over in one area, but you choose not to. And so now what's happening is they're snatching the time that is required because it may take you more time to do because it's a new item, but now they're snatching the time and you're setting back time on what needs to be accomplished. I don't know. Yeah. That, listen, I think the, the most, um, heinous maybe is the word I'm thinking of, of a harsh word that's, as far as but but it's heinous the most heinous thing we can do is sit on on something that god has shown us um and think that with that that we have all the time in the world right we don't we have a, a executed i mean i'm sorry a specified time to execute what it is god has given us to do and so when we sit here that no man knows the day or the hour people always think of you know like death in in your physical body but you can actually, that could actually apply to the death of a thing that God has said to you. Like, you don't know the day of the hour when God is going to call for you to do those things. That, Like, even when we go back to Habakkuk, Habakkuk talks about writing the vision, make it plain, mm -hmm. because it's for an appointed time. And that because somebody's going to run with it. Right. And, and, and it doesn't say that you're going to run with it. It doesn't, it's, it, someone's, someone's going to run. Yeah, so that means that as soon as but, you write there's it out. Nothing. Someone's going to, God's like, okay, well, at least you see what I'm giving you revelatory insight on. Now I'm going to assign what I would like to say, my destiny workers. And they're going to start working you on your behalf. Write it. But people huh? won't write it. You won't even write it. They won't take people the time. They won't get. They won't. to write it. Yeah. It requires yeah. discipline. They won't, they won't write it. It requires discipline. And not Intentional only that. Discipline. Right. Not only does it require intentional discipline, but it allows you to see your flaws. It allows you to yes. see where your areas of opportunities exist. It allows you to say you're a poor steward over your time. 
It allows you to say, guess what? Your favorite girlfriend right now, you got to go communicate and tell her that unfortunately I just can't do this right now. And you might get some repercussions back from her like, oh, you don't love me now. And, you know, this has changed or whatever. But then once again, that's a form of idolatry. Do you worship her over your obedience to God? Because God sees a bigger picture of things that you got to do. See, society and people in marriage are so concerned about what people think instead of focused on what God is saying to the point that they're going to miss out on the move of God. Acceleration is here. It's, and it's going to happen only for a prepared group of people. So, you know, we're not living in that era where you can flip, drop, and marriages are going to, some marriages are going to fall, you know, prematurely. They're going to fall prematurely because there's one individual out of the two that have made a conscious decision to say that I'm, I don't want to put in that work. You know what I'm saying? But they were okay with signing up for the marriage as long as it was convenient for them you know they're not okay when it becomes inconvenient to them now they want to look for someone else or something else that is more convenient when in fact god is saying no i want you to be uncomfortable because i've given both of you the capacity to stretch yourselves in order to accomplish what it is because you said earlier on in this conversation that proverbs 31 is just a set of instructions on the back of the book it's just a set of instructions right okay. but the ingredients on how to bake that duncan hines cake that's customized for julian can only be distributed by you, not anyone else, right? And so what yeah. happens is people need to learn their in, the ingredients of their spouse, not the comparison of other spouses and sibling spouses and what they're doing and how they do what they do. Right. They need to focus on their own ingredients because how do you know that you're not the one to deliver all the other spouses? Because what looks good yes. on the outside may not be good because behind closed doors, they've mastered the, the they've mastered how to mask pain, you know? So that's a yeah. whole nother topic. I'm all passionate over here. <laughs> Say Tanya, slow down. Yes, I mean, we 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 gave them we gave them some nuggets today, right, Lucretia? Yeah. We we better pull yeah. it in a little bit because we could we could preach all day about. I think, uh, you know, we just want you to get back home. If you can, if you can face it, you can fix it. You know, if yeah. you can face it, you can fix it. I can talk to that. You know, I can talk to that situation. I can relate to that situation. My friend LaQuisha saw me walk through the situation and I, I believe I walked through it with grace, you know? Yeah. Um, and a lot of people were probably like, you're crazy, you know, run out of that marriage, right? But I couldn't because God didn't release me. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And he doesn't release what he can't fix. Come on now. God, you guys be playing God too small out here in these streets, right? God can fix whatever he wants to fix, you know, but he needs you to be disciplined enough to say, okay, let me focus on you right now and you do all of this. And then whatever is not right, you know, I will fix it and I'll bring everything back together the way that it needs to be brought back together, right? So his, his you know, the the thing that I love about about God, even at the time that you were walking through what you were walking through, is everything that He's doing in 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 us and through us is for the betterment not just of other people but for ourselves. You had to go through the process the way because you learned a strength, you learned a prayer, a prayer style, a, a dedication, a loyalty, a revelation. Uh, like you learned all of these processes, tools 
of, of God, right? That you never would have learned had you not been processed this way. And here's exactly. the thing, he will take the relationship. I tell people that that family mm-hmm. is to to help keep you saved, right? You have family. They teach you those things about greed and lying and all that. I said, but marriage is to make you holy. It's to take that same righteous. It's the only it's the only thing that can rub that that unrighteousness that you thought wasn't there off of you. Because we all we are, especially if you're you're considering yourself a church girl, right? Like you you like I'm doing right, I'm living for the Lord, but it's still he's always trying to perfect us. And so in the 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 effort to perfect us, that means you have to lay vulnerable for the Lord. You have to say that I've missed the boat sometimes. You have to say, God, use me, process me, show me me. And when he does that, there may be some little corners of vile things inside of you that he has to carve out he has to smooth out the edges and then what happens is for the next season of your marriage he needed that thing to be better and that and so then the next season it's going to be something else that he reveals because it's another yep we're, we're continually being processed into a perfected work of god and this is going to be and he put us together so that we can be that for each other that's who you're supposed to be with your spouse. You're supposed to be that that person, that that living, breathing being that is God is using as a tool. And that's where I tell people, if your marriage is not making you better, if your marriage is making you bitter, if your marriage is making you meaner or more more distant, you need to go back to the beginning. And if you can't find God at the beginning, it's like putting on a shirt. Have you ever put on a button up shirt and you button it up wrong? Here's the thing: the collar, the collar gonna be high on one side, right? One here, and it, but it's fastened. And if that's good enough for you, if that's good enough for you, and that's good enough for him, then y'all are gonna always be walking around lopsided. It's never gonna unequal. If you want to do it right, if you want to do, you're gonna have to go and unbutton that entire shirt, go back to scratch, and start over, and start from the scratch. That's it. And I love that. So we're going to close right there because LaQuisha put it nicely. You have to go back, but both parties have to be willing to do it. You know, um, you can't be in a relationship where you're constantly trying to do it all. Yes. Single-handedly. You know, I've learned in life and I've watched this throughout marriages that we've served, you know, some people just only want to show up for the performance and those marriages are not healthy. Uh, They don't put in any work, but when the light shines, they're at the forefront, you know, Um, but God sees that. So you have to go and make sure that what you do privately is what you're doing publicly. That's what you're doing privately is what you're doing publicly because at an appointed time, you can blame a spouse. You can keep blaming, but the truth of the matter is at an appointed time, the world will be able to see who put in the work and who didn't. And this is one of the things that you have to be very mindful that marriage is to cover one another. So no one should be uh, being exposed individually yeah. at any time. 
both parties should be being, when we say exposed, they should be being introduced to the world collectively together, yeah. right? Uh, because they put the time in. And so, you know, I'm so excited. I think Laquisha, you know, I'm, you know me, I'm very excited. This is this is an area that we're very passionate about with marriages. Um, and I'm looking forward to our partnership and continuing partnership partnership on a lot of the things that we are going to be embarking upon at Married to the Ring, and especially with things that you're doing in the unlearn everything and live uh, environment um, in the industry with businesses and small businesses. And so, you know, where can they find you at, you know, oh, sure. leave, a, leave a nugget. Yeah. So they, uh, I can be found on my website, www.unlearneverythingandlive.com. Um, that's unlearneverythingandlive.com. You can follow me on Instagram at unlearnlive, or you can just follow me on Facebook, uh, at LaQuisha Ewing. Um, that's L-A-K-W-E-S-H-I-A Ewing, E-W-I-N-G. Um, we are looking to partner um, to come speak, to come teach, to come train, um, because God is doing something right now. There is a movement that is existing right now, right before our eyes, that is requiring strong unity, strong partnership. And you need to look at that, be it a business or a marriage. Mm -hmm. You need to look at who you are walking mm -hmm. because two cannot walk together. Unless, unless they agree. And so if you That's just a reality. what you believe, mm -hmm. if you don't know what your foundational principles are, what your non-negotiables are, you very well may be walking unequally yoked into a future that you will miss the destiny, the destiny destination that God has for you because you're going to the left and your destiny is to the right because the person that you're yoked with is not in tune with what God has for your life. And so I'll just leave people with the fact that unlearning is probably one of the most liberating things that I've ever done. I can I can literally relinquish anything, mm -hmm. anything that God has ever given me because the, the basic principle that he showed me was that this entire world belongs to him. And yeah. therefore, I can tell you when this season, I can, just like he looked at that fig tree and said that fig tree, wasn't producing in that it was supposed to be producing in that season. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to have fruit and it didn't. I can make it to where we're That's done. Right. And right. so just know that, you know what, Lord, whatever you say, do, I will go. Whatever you mm -hmm. say, let go of, I will let go of. Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. we'll find is that it, when we are willing to take that mindset, then we're willing to unlearn some things. We're willing to say that, you know what? This isn't my friend. This was a friend. And it might've been a friend for a month, a friend mm -hmm. for uh for five years. Mm -hmm. But like, God, I've unlearned this, this ownership of mm -hmm. things. You are the creator of all, that you are the owner of all. And I'm a king's kid. So I'm gonna let go whatever you say, let go. I'm gonna hold on to what you say, hold on. I'm gonna move, I'm gonna stay, <laughs> I'm gonna heal. I'm gonna mm -hmm. do all the things at your pace because you've ordered my steps. That's Absolutely. what it's about. Absolutely. I really thank you, Laquisha, for that and, you know, sharing that. And that's very important. So whatever state that you're in, just to recap, yes. if you're currently not living in the, the residence and, you know, you have to make a decision, do you want it to work first? That's very important. If you feel as though you don't, you no longer use exhausted all means, then 
You need to make sure that you handle things in, in a proper and mature manner. Um, and if you have taken some of the nuggets or take some of the nuggets that we're offering today and reevaluate, so that means assess, you know, determine, go back to the bottom of that shirt and say, mm -hmm. okay, well, we're going to have to start and it's okay. Don't be ashamed if you got to start back at the remedial level and then build back up. So it's collective and it's cohesive. That's what you need to do. You owe no man, no explanation. All you owe is quality time with the Holy Spirit to be able to guide, lead and direct you. And so I just want to thank you again, Laquisha. I care for you, you know, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sonia.